Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 12, then we're going to go to Luke 17 and then Luke 16. Let me start with Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. Say that word, advancing. And forceful men lay hold of it. I like that. Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Now, when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. The kingdom of God is where? Within you. Luke 16 and verse number 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God, everyone say shift. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. And everyone is pressing into it. Everyone say into it. I'm going to preach a message for two hours today entitled, What Are You Into? I need you to ask about three people around you that question, what are you into? Now let us, let us pray right now. Father, we ask you to do something supernatural among us today. We ask you to have your way in this building. Would you just challenge us and charge us and more than anything would you change us today because the bible is preached in this sanctuary would you release an anointing that breaks the yoke and sets people free would you give us revelation that we are being projected into a great future would you release us from a spirit of religion would you release people from bondage what will you break a generational curse in this building today Will you dismiss a generational spirit that is opposed to our progress? Touch every woman, touch every man, touch every child, touch every single adult, touch every young person. Have your way today. We bind every devil. We speak to all principalities, powers, and rulers in heavenly places, and we tell them to pull back and let go. And Lord, we call in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, every person that belongs to the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for doing a great thing among us today. Can the entire church just break out in a crazy praise just for about two minutes, please? Come on, high five three people and ask them again, what are you into? What are you into? What are you into? Then you may be seated. Man, I feel God in here now. It's obvious from these scriptures that the subject of all of these passages of scripture is the kingdom. All three of these verses talk about the subject and the subject being the kingdom. The subject being the kingdom. I don't know if it's ringing out there like it is up here, but I'm going to move around (laughs) till I find my help. Everyone say the kingdom. So we learn from what we read today 
that the kingdom of God is advancing. It's not moving. It's advancing. Movement tells us that there is travel from one place to another place. But advancing says there's a change in position. The kingdom of God is not just moving. The kingdom of God is advancing. Advancing is more connected to progress and promotion than it is from place to place. The kingdom of God is progressing. The kingdom of God is being promoted by forceful men. By men who are aggressive about the assignment of the kingdom of God in the earth. Movement does not denote progress. Activity does not denote change. If you tell me what you are into, I will tell you if you are moving or if you are advancing. I'm going to say it again so you can get it. If you tell me what you are into, I will tell you if you are just moving or if you are advancing in life. Activity, I'll say it again, does not denote progress. You can be busy going nowhere. Verse 20 of Luke 17, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. We live in a time when God is emptying the stands of observation. We live in a time where God is emptying the stands of observation. It does not come with observation by attentively just looking at it. The kingdom of God does not move by you just looking at it. It does not come in such a manner as to be discerned by the eyes of people that think they know everything. The kingdom of God does not come in a way that's agreeable many times to your own feelings. God does not ask you how you feel before he moves his kingdom. He does not ask you, do you feel like advancing? If you're going to be into the kingdom of God, then you have to practice the principles of progression and promotion in order to enjoy the thing that's advancing. It does not come with observation by you inspecting it insidiously, which means by your gradual accepting of it. The kingdom of God is not advancing by people who it takes so long for them to get the revelation that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is not advancing with observation acting in strict regard for what you consider to be right or wrong, for what you consider to be right or proper. 
Thank God that God does not take a vote or ask our opinion about how he is advancing his kingdom in the earth. The kingdom of God comes, moves, advances by participation, not by observation. It advances by participants, not by spectators. Fans, people in the stands, can affect the outcome of a game. But the players determine the outcome of the game. We have too many churches full of cheerleaders. And not enough churches that are full of participants. We've all heard this saying, we are in the world. But, but what? Say it again. But not of the world. Sad to say, many people are in the church. But they're not of the church. And that's why the Apostle John says these words, they left us because they were among us, but they were not of us. It's one thing to be a fan. It's another thing to be family. It's one thing to be a cheerleader. It's another thing to put on the whole armor of God. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be carrying a shield of faith than pom-poms. Talk back to me. I'd rather have a sword of the spirit than pom-poms in my hand. It's time for you to take your skirt off and put your armor on. And look at the devil and say, we're about to push you back like you ain't never been pushed back. We're about to go to war like you've never seen war in your entire existence. I need to know if there's any participants in the building today. Just real quick. <clears throat> Ask your neighbor one more time, what are you into? See, when you use the word in... You're indicating a place, not just the place, but the placement. Your iPhone may be in your pocket or in your purse. But when you use the word into in a sentence, you're indicating movement with the intention of progressing. Let me explain it. When you're into something, a positive action should be happening. I'll give you an example. You can be in a relationship or you can be into the relationship. Don't get quiet now. You can be in a relationship or you can be into that relationship. Relationships that advance are not ones where people are in the relationship. It is the ones where people are into the relationship. You can be in something and not into it. You can be in a marriage and not into the marriage. You can be in church and not be into your church. You can be in an office but not into your job. There's a difference in being in the place 
and being a participant. There's a difference in being a part and being a participant. I'm going to give you a fourfold indication that you are into something. All right? Are you, are you good right now? Some of y'all are <laughs> Come on out your marriage for a minute. You think about it when you get home. Y'all stuck right there. Some of y'all are saying, I'm in this thing, but I really ain't into it. I'm going to let y'all take a sea lie because you're getting sweaty palms right now. You think I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm going to let you think about it. I feel like the Holy Ghost might have me work on that marriage thing for a minute. You in it. This is how I know when I see a couple that's just in the marriage. You ever been to the airport? And you go to the little food court? And a couple is sitting there and you're watching them? I'm a people watcher. When I go to the airport, I go for two reasons. Number one, to fly. And number two, to watch people. <laughs> Have you ever been to the airport and you just sit down and you see a couple over here sitting at the table? And you just watch them. And they sit there for 45 minutes and ain't said nothing to each other. Not one word. They are either eating or on their iPhone. Getting more quiet. They are in a marriage. They're not into it. Woo-wee. Let me help you. You wasn't shoved into it. You chose it. And if you're going to be in it, you might as well be into it. And all the ladies said, because when he comes home, his 10,000 words are already spoken. You got 90,000 left. How was your day, baby? Good. Uh, what did you do today? Worked. You have many meetings? Yep. Well, how'd the meetings go? Good. <laughs> They're wanting interaction. Who did you meet with? What did you eat for lunch? How long was your meeting? What was the man wearing when he showed up? What color was his tie? And we done. Yep and good is all we're interested in saying. But they want to know, was it deep? Was it intense? Did you get out of the meeting what you desired? Yep. You in it, but you're not into it. And she's all into it. I think I'm going to stay here a while. This is not in my notes, but I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I can tell you a, a healthy marriage will only be healthy when two people are into it. A healthy church will only be a healthy church when the members of that church are not in that church, but they are into that church. I mean, you love it. Your job becomes much better when you're not in your job, but you are into your job. So I was thinking about this fourfold indication that you are into something. Number one, you're inserted. 
We are all members of the body of Christ. It means to be in the thing. It is to be introduced to the body of something. It's when God inserts you into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 18. But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body. Hmm. As it has pleased him. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body. Each one of them as he chose. Are you with that? It's not only did he set you in the body. The question now is, does he fit you in the body when he sets you in the body? Hmm. A lot of people will insert themselves into a place that they do not fit. So if you're wondering if God set you there, you have to ask yourself the question, do you fit there? You can take a key and put it in a lock, but if it does not fit, fit it will not work a key put in a lock that does not fit does not unlock anything talk back to me the bible says a man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back it doesn't say he's not in the kingdom it just says he is not fit for the kingdom fitting is more proper when you are set in the place you fit by God, including your marriage. Let no man separate what God has joined together, not what you join together. It might help you to pray before you say, I do. Pastor Rick, you are preaching showing up this morning. Many people are in places they do not fit. Therefore, you are always ineffective. You're busy, but you're not producing nothing. Ephesians 4.16 says, From whom the whole body is fitly joined together by that which every joint supplies according to the working in the measure of every part, and it makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. When you get people set in the place that God set them and they fit there perfectly, there's only one result. That is increase. That is advancing. That is promotion. That is progressing. Stop getting in places that God didn't put you in. You will never fit in a place that God did not insert you. Fourfold indication. The fourfold indication that you are into something is number one, what did I just say? You are inserted there by God. Number two, you're interested in it. You are into something when you are interested in it. I was reminded of 1 Samuel chapter 27, and David is out on the battleground with his brothers facing a giant who is defying the armies of God. And his older brother Eliab heard when he spoke to the men, David, speaking of David, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he, listen to what he said. Why did you come down here? Who did you leave? Listen to how condescending his older brother is. Who did you leave those few sheep with? Older brothers can be arrogant. I know your pride. I know the naughtiness that's in your heart. Watch what he tells David. 
You've come down here that you can see the battle. You came down here for mere observation. You came down here to watch the war. You came down here to look attentively at what is about to transpire. You don't want to be a part of this. You're just here because you're arrogant. You're just here because you want to be on the scene. <laughs> and David asked the question, is there not a cause? His brother says, you came to see the battle. You came to observe the battle. But David said, is there not a cause? In other words, I am interested in this situation. If you tell me what you are curious about, I will tell you what you're interested in. If you want to know what people are interested in, look at their computers. Look at their history. Look at their search. And it will tell you what they are interested in. Look at their passion about stuff. And it will tell you what they are interested in. It is high time for the believers in the body of Christ to stop playing frivolity. To stop playing with meaningless pursuits. And get interested in the things of God, in the house of God, to the point that your curiosity pushes you into the cause of Christ in your life. If you're going to be curious about anything, be interested in what God is doing in the house of God. Can I get somebody to give God praise here? If you are into a thing, you will stay interested in that thing. I'm going to give you a warning. Do not lose interest in the things of God by pursuing what does not count. Do not, do not lose interest in the things of God while you are pursuing your personal pity. If you can get over feeling sorry for yourself, if you can get over for, for being a victim all the time, to saying, man, I'm tired of being the victim. I'm tired of being pitiful. I can tell you when you engage and you get interested in the things of God, God will heal your hurt. God will heal your harm. God will bring you out of your pain, but you can't sit there and revel in your victimized mentality and advance the kingdom of God at the same time. I dare somebody to shout, get over it. I better keep on going. Fourfold. It's fourfold. Number one, I can tell you the indicators if you are into something. Number one, you're inserted into it. Number two, you're interested in it. And number three, you are invested in it. Jesus said where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is. You can't tell the difference. 
If the treasure is there, I promise you, the heart is there. If the heart is there, I promise you, the treasure is there. God wants you to invest in his kingdom. And if you're into the kingdom, you don't have no problem investing your time. You don't have no problem investing your talent. You don't have no problem investing your treasure. You never have a problem saying, God is asking too much of me. Because no, your heart is always saying, what more do I have that I can invest into the kingdom of God? Stop being a consumer. I don't know if y'all can hear me because you ain't acting like it. Stop just consuming everything out of the kingdom and ask yourself, what am I investing into the kingdom? How much time am I giving? How much of my talent am I giving? How much of my treasure am I giving? Stop saying, how little can I tithe? How little can I give? How little of my time do I have to be there? How little of my talent do I have to give to still be a part of it. Real hungry people that forcefully advance the kingdom of God are always asking, what more can I do? What more can I give? What more can I invest? Whew. You know, when I was in Bible college, oh, man. We were in class my freshman year, and the AC went out. <laughs> we y'all want a T building is you know what that is a T building a portable building we were in one of those buildings, and the AC went out. Well, the professor was determined to teach us the hermeneutics of preaching. Well, let me tell you, if you go understand the hermeneutics of preaching, you're gonna have to be awake to get it. The hotter that room got, the heavier my eyelids got. And he's a real excited, anointed professor. And he's stomping, get you a top drawer idea. There's about 50 of us in there. I said, get you a top drawer idea. Do you know what a top drawer idea is? It's not in the bottom drawer. It's not in the middle drawer. No. It's in the top drawer. It's easy to get to. Everybody's interested in it. Everybody wants what's in the top. Get you one of them ideas and preach it. I looked around and everybody looked like this. Y'all know what fishing is? When your head's doing this. Can I submit to you that that's what all y'all are doing this morning? That has nothing to do with my sermon, but it is too hot in this building. I told Josh we might as well close the doors and go home because when it gets this hot, ain't nobody listening to you. They are worried about what's going on under here. They are worried about what's going on over here. Hey, y'all, I got one more point. Can you fan harder? Fan yourself hard enough that your neighbor can feel it.
fan yourself. I came by to preach to you this morning. Fan yourself until your neighbor cools off. Now I'm going to check you. What is the number one indicator that you are into something? You're inserted into it. What is the number two indicator that you are into something? You're interested in it. Boy, you better thank God them folks are sitting next to you. They got the answers because you're going, you're saying watermelon. They hollering out, you're inserted, and your mouth is going. Number one is what? Inserted. Number two is what? Vicky, you're speaking loud enough for the whole row. You're interested in it. Number three, you're invested in it. And finally, you're involved in it. If you're into something, you're involved in it. I remember when we started our church in 1993, Family Praise Center in San Antonio, Texas. I was trying to get people involved, and we had about 60 people, and I needed all 60 of them. <laughs> I work in the nursery, sing on the praise team, be a porter, do everything. And I was preaching one day, I was telling them, y'all need to get involved, because my family was doing everything. Dustin was playing drums nine years old. We would do whatever to, we were going to have church. And I was trying to get some help. So I'm preaching involvement. Get involved. Get involved. And uh, it, it was so, so interesting. And anyway, I came up with a statement. Involvement equals stickability. And stickability was not even a word. If y'all wonder where that word came from, stickability. Involvement equals stickability. I was listening to Mama talk about getting involved in volunteering this morning. I was thinking, boy, she ain't telling nothing but the truth. When you are involved, you don't have time to criticize. When you're involved in something, you don't have time to be running around gossiping. When you are into a thing, you're not going to give yourself over to meaningless talk and chatter. Why are you preaching this message, Pastor Rick? Because my staff came to me this week and they told me we need more people involved in areas of ministry. I said, well, I got a word. Involvement equals stickability. Find a place where you fit and go to work. Find the place that God sent you to be set in and go to work. Involvement will decrease all scrutiny will decrease all just mere observation. You want to be involved because you want to see the kingdom of God advanced. The law and the prophets, Luke 16, 16, were until John. Since that time, the kingdom has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. Let me just give you some definition here. The Greek meaning connotes this idea, pressing into it. It was what they lived for, and it is what brought life to them. People are pressing into it because it's what they live for. 
Oh, Lord. Do y'all remember you used to call a prayer meeting back in the day and people actually came? Do you remember when we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and if we could get us a Thursday night in there, we would push on Thursday too. Now, we got our services down to 59 minutes. Get them in, get them out. Holy Ghost, please do not move and start casting out devils and stuff. Whatever you do, don't do that, please. Because we got 59 minutes to get it all done. We have no more. Wednesday nights went first. Then Sunday nights went, or Sunday nights went. Then Wednesday nights went. And then before long, we're down here. We have in one service, and people are complaining that one service is too long. Well, I remember a day when preachers used to preach like this. You went to a soccer game with your child on Sunday? Getting quiet now. You don't skip church for no soccer game? You got a job that you work on Sunday? You don't work on Sunday? That's God's day. If you preach like that in this generation, you're going to lose your whole church. Because we want to be as least involved as we can be and still be a part. And we go to church out of duty and not out of devotion. If we were more involved in children's church than we were the latest gossip, we'd get a lot more done. Preach, Pastor Rick. Psalm 110 says, your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. 110 verse 3. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, you will have the dew of your youth. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. King James says, the people shall be willing in the day of thy, thy power, in the beauty of holiness in the womb of the dawn, you will receive the dew of your youth. Your people will be willing. The word literally means the people will offer themselves. You will not have to recruit by having a volunteer rally because the people will willingly offer themselves to volunteer. They'll present themselves spontaneously to you. Offer freely. Offer yourself. Is that not what David was doing when he showed up in the battle lines and his brother said, you came to observe? No. David was just offering himself to God to be a vessel to take out a giant. He said, is there not a cause? In other words, I was born to be active. I was not born to sit in them holes in the ground and hide behind them trees like the rest of y'all are doing. Because in that battle, Israel was hiding. But one young man came out and said, I'm not going to hide. I'm here, and I want God to use me. And I want to be involved in what I'm interested in. So give me my stones, give me my sling, and this giant is going down. Are y'all in the building right now? Touch your neighbor and tell them, get involved. 
Let me tell you, the kingdom of God is not something that's standing still. The kingdom of God is advancing. And if you're going to be connected to it, you can't be idle. You can't be hiding. You can't be using excuses about why you can't be involved. You have to figure out how can I engage my purpose at the house of God? How can I engage my assignment in the earth? How can I engage the power of God on my job? How can I be involved in what God is doing? Now, let me tell you, and I'll close on this. When you engage, God engages. Notice what David did. He put the onus back on God. He told that giant, you have come against, the, you have defied the armies of the living God. And then he said, I come to you in the name of the God of Israel. He knew that God was about to get in that rock. When you get involved, God starts fighting your battles for you so that you will not be distracted by inappropriate stuff. He will get involved to keep you focused on your future. He'll, he'll get involved and he'll keep blessing you so you'll keep going forward. The blessings stop when you become inactive. As long as you are active, the power is pushing you. Some of you have disengaged from your purpose in the earth. You put your call on the shelf. God called you when you were very young and you're not participating. You're enjoying the stands of observation and you're not participating in what God called you to do. Today is the day you re-enlist. Today is the day you re-enlist and you say, God, use me however you want to use me. If this word is good for you, stand on your feet and let's give Jesus Christ the biggest praise we can possibly give him right here. Hallelujah.